Welcome to New Piney Grove Baptist Church, where one of our core values is Christian education. Let's tune in to this week's message. Father, we thank you for this morning, Lord God, and I thank you for your young people, oh God. We thank you that you are giving them to us, God, to help them to hold up the bloodstained banner for you, God. And it is our mission to train and equip them with what they need to glow in this dark world, Lord. And God, I pray that the words that are said this morning that will encourage them, Lord God, even even some conviction, but God, even the more so to encourage them to want to hold up that bloodstained banner for you, Lord. God, we just pray that um, that you give me the words to say, Lord, I know I've studied, I know I have notes, but God, this is your word, Lord, this is your time, so you have your way in this place, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Glowing in the dark. <laughs> I was actually taking um, Maurice to school one morning when I heard this song, I think I was listening to Caleb or the Joy FM, one of them, it's a song by um, Jason Gray called Glow in the Dark. And as I started listening to it, I said, like, man, that would be kind of cool for, um, for like a youth Sunday or whatever. And I, then I went back, because you know how sometimes you listen to the music, you kind of get into the beat, and you might catch that hook or that chorus, but you really don't know what all it says. Um, so I always like to go back, and I look up the lyrics, and so I can read it and figure out what they're saying. And basically, if you, have you, if you ever get a chance, look it up. Um, even the video, there's a lyric video that will show you the lyrics. And basically... Basically, the song is saying, no matter who you are, or where you are, or your past, or your present, that you can glow in the dark. Um, one of the lines that I like from the song, it says, like a flame, like a burning star, you can shine right where you are. He made you to glow in the dark. And when we think about that, glow in the dark, what do you mean in the dark? In this world. You know, we're in this world. We're in it. We're part of it. But we don't have to be of it. Um, and God has made us unique and different, that we can be different. We, we still have to go to work. We have to go to school. You know, we have to pay bills. We're in this world. But our light should shine where we look different from everyone else who don't know Christ. Amen? And I get it, young people. I get it. I know it can be hard. You know, I think about um, Maurice and Brayden, or when we at school, he wants to be called Brandon. So uh, I think about Brandon and Brayden's futures all the time. And, you know, and sometimes, I must be honest, parents, it brings tears to my eyes, not in a scared way, just in a concerned mama way. Because, you know, I think about all the things that they're facing now, and I think about all the laws and things that are accepted and things that are supposed to be um, What's natural, and I have to let my son be himself. He don't know who he is. He's two. He's four, you know. But all these different things, and I have to pray that everything that I put in them, everything all the time that I pray over them, that when they leave my doors, that it'll come back up, that it'll come out. And also, I have to trust God. You know, just because he leaves my doors doesn't mean that God is not walking with them. And so I pray fervently for them, but I know that the world is enticing them to do things that are so-called the norm. And, you know, that's the norm. That's what we're expected. You know, 
Um, those are things, and you know, I thank God we have Auntie Linda and Maurice went through her, and Braden, she has Braden now. But I was thinking, you know, I could trust Auntie Linda that if it was something that upheld my Christian values, she would do that. But when they go out into the public, you know, I have they have to do what's normal and what's accepted, whether it upholds my Christian values or not. So I understand that sometimes it's hard, but I pray, just like I pray for my boys, that the young people of New Piney Grove, I have to start here at first, right, at home and then with my church family and then beyond, but that you'll be able to hold up that bloodstained banner of Jesus even in school, in your neighborhoods, in your clubs, in the band, on the football team, on the basketball team, that you will dare to be different even if it's not popular. And that will include, and, and, and you got a lot going on because some of you may have family issues. I, we have them. And I need my adults to help me out because sometimes when we talk to the youth, they feel like we're the only one we're talking to. But if you've been through some of these things, say ouch. Say amen. Say oh Lord. Say help me. Help me out. Some of you may have life issues. You feel like life has dealt you a bad hand. And then also you have peer pressure. And you know a long time ago we thought peer pressure was only relegated to young people. Peers is anybody your age. So adults, we have peer pressure to try to do what is right even when the norm says we should do otherwise. I was sitting in my office, in the um, main office, I'm doing administrative work now at the academy I work at, and I do it part-time, and it was funny, we got on a discussion about our, um, about the end of the month ho- uh, holiday, Pastor, and uh, in this, in our academy, and some people didn't understand why a director did not want them to wear, you know, all their different costumes and stuff. And they they said that in her in her absence, and I was starting thinking about it. I was like, and it was like, say something, say something. But you know, if you're not careful, saying be like, just keep the peace, just keep the peace, just let it ride, just don't say anything. And finally, I said something, and they looked like, you don't agree with us, you know. And it was so, it was. But at that moment, it was a do or die moment. I had to say something. But the easy way out would have been not to say anything at all. And then all I had to do is tell the Lord, well, I didn't agree with them. I just didn't say anything. But how many of you know that if you don't say anything, they say silent is consent? And so when your peers are saying things that is not right, and you say, well, I'm just not going to say anything, you're actually agreeing with them, you're promoting it. Um, and if my college students too, I know you're on campus and they say, oh, let's go do this. Let's go do that. And you just, I just won't say anything. But we see in our text here today in Daniel chapter one, that there are four young men who glowed in the dark. They glowed in the dark. Daniel and his three friends, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, better known as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, were some of the few chosen from the tribe of Judah Um, They were from the tribe of Judah, but they were some of the few chosen to be exiled into the um, Babylon, to the king's court. Now, there was plenty of people going to be exiled, but the king said, choose some strong, smart, (laughs) good-looking young men. And said they were able to eat the king's assigned diet 
and trained for three whole years. So he wanted them to be the best of the best. So here we go. I'm going to give you a few tips of what I learned from reading about Daniel and his friends, how we can glow in the dark. Are you ready? The first one, don't be afraid to work hard or to be smart. Don't be afraid of it. It'll pay off if you do the best you can. Now think about it. Daniel and his three friends weren't the only, it wasn't four people exiled. There were more people exiled. But because they stood out among their peers, they got exiled into the king's court. Now they were exiled, but they was exiled into the king's court. Do you get what I'm saying? You got to do homework like everybody else. But then you, then you get that, well, you get that special treatment from the teacher. That's being exiled into the king's court. Okay, don't be afraid to do that. Don't be afraid that if you get an award for, being, for making a good grade, that it's going to make you unpopular. Because, see, when it's time to start handing out scholarships, and some of my, my um, teens that went to college, they understand that now. When it's time to get those scholarships and those grants, they looking to see how well you did in school. Okay? So don't be afraid of that. And then maybe you're saying, well, I'm not the smartest one. So what? Work hard and be the best you can be. Because guess what? I wasn't a great test taker. I, I did. I made A's all through school, but I wouldn't tell nobody what my SAT score was because you know why? It was timed. I had test anxiety. I'd be sweating before they even start. But you know what Mercer did? They looked through and they said, your SAT score ain't where we want it to be, but look at all your other grades. Look at what you're doing. Look what clubs you're in. So don't be afraid that if you're not a good test taker, that's not an excuse. Work hard. Be the best A student. B student. C student you can be. Just be the best at it. It'll pay off. Don't settle. Don't hide behind mediocrity. Don't do just enough. You know, I even, I even look now, I look at, I, I challenge even at the young age. When I was teaching, I was teaching three-year-olds, but I knew the ones that was just answering just enough to get by. And then my, a lot of you probably say, well, well, they just three, it doesn't matter. But it starts now. And if you see it, I call them out on it. No, you know all of that. Go ahead and tell me the whole thing. Don't just do one answer out there. You know? Um, verse 8. Daniel was determined not to defile himself. Determined. Determined means a firm decision. Not going to change or commit it. it. He was determined. He had a firm decision. He had made up in his mind he was not going to defile himself. He was not going to mess himself up. He asked to eat something else. So this is number two. First of all, don't be afraid to work hard. Number two, resist the urge to go along to get along. You have to make up in your mind, young people and adults, that I'm not going to do what everyone else is doing just because everyone else is doing it. But it starts in our mind. You know, I have to make up that. I can't get to the situation and all of a sudden be frazzled trying to figure out what I'm going to do. When I leave home, I have to be determined I'm going to live the best life I can for the Lord. You know, I'm going to represent him the best I can. Well, do, I, do I make mistakes? Sure I do. But in my mind, I'm going out into battle saying I'm going to do the best I can to represent him well. You know, it starts right here. I have to make some things up in my mind. We were joking about this in college and career. 
I think it was the um, Bible study lesson about get control of your life. And it was talking about the battles starting in your mind or whatever. And um, talking about uh, get control of your appetite. Y'all remember that one? Getting control of your appetite. And we were talking about when we're trying to eat healthy, I can't wait and decide what I'm going to eat when I get to the restaurant if I'm going to make a good choice. I'm just telling you the truth. Because if I say, oh, I'm going to make a good choice, and I get down and I start smelling the grease from that fried chicken, and I can smell the sugar and the yeast from the rolls, my mind is already made up. I'm going to start that diet tomorrow. We're going to eat this fried chicken today. You know what I'm saying? But if I'm going to eat healthy when I go out, I go ahead and get the menu. I look at it. I try to see what's the best choice. And then I say, okay, when we go here, I'm going to get this and hold me to it. I had to, I had to do that before I got there, though. So even before you get to school, before you get to work, you have to make up in your mind, okay, when I get here, I'm going to do my work. When I get here, I'm going to pay attention. When I get here, I'm going to avoid X, Y, Z. Whoever X, Y, Z is, you know who X, Y, Z is because they always in the office. You know who X, Y, Z is. So you need to say, I'm, I'm going to make up my mind before I leave home that I'm going to do the right thing. It starts in our mind. Don't worry about everyone else. Even if some of the else's are sitting right here. The reason why I say that because Daniel and his three friends weren't the only ones from the tribe of Judah. He had other people there. They was in the same Sunday school class. They was in the same Bible study class. They went to the same um, James Chapel. They went down Thomas Road. They lived in the same neighborhood, but it was only those four that spoke up. Make up in your mind that I'm going to resist doing what other people do, especially when I know God is not pleased. Number three, don't forget what you were taught. Don't forget what you were taught or what you're being taught. Daniel and his three friends weren't the only ones who knew about the diet they were supposed to eat. It was a Jewish custom not to eat certain things. They didn't eat certain things. Some theologians believe that they're talking about the king's meat referred to meat that was sacrificed to idols. Okay? Now, let's bring it to us, though. All right? When you get to school, when you get to college, don't throw all of it out the window, what you learned here, what you learned at your home. I was listening to the excerpts that the chairman read of Leah's letter, and I said, well, I could just reread her letter, and it pretty much be what I was going to say today. But don't throw it away because you feel like you've moved away. One of the things my mom used to tell me when I first got off to college is that God is never away. And before you get ready to make a decision, ask yourself, if God was to walk in the room right now, would he be pleased? She said, because I can't be there. Your dad can't be there. Your pastor is not there. But if God walked in this room and said, so-and-so, what's going on? Would you be able to give him a good answer? Or would you be embarrassed? Would you stop what you're doing? Would you hide the magazine? Would you hide your, your, your music? Would you hide? Would you be able to just, can Jesus pop in on you? Can Jesus pop in on you? Oh, okay. All right. Number four. 
Get you some friends who are trying to follow Christ like you. Adults too. Get you some friends who are trying to follow Christ like you. Daniel, as we see in chapter 1, is the spokesperson. Now, using a little imagination, Pastor, maybe he's the spokesperson simply because he's the author of the book. Maybe. But then I started thinking about what if Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego weren't all the way there yet? You know, what if they, they loved the Lord and it was a good idea, but they didn't really have the full courage to speak up? But guess what? They hung around the one who did. They hung around Daniel. Daniel seemed like he was strong in this situation. Now, I know I got some friends and, and we talk about we all mess up, but we all headed in the same direction. We got the same goal in mind, is to follow Christ. Now, am I going to have some bad days? Sure I am. And that's when I lift that friend up. Is my friend going to have some bad days? Sure they are. That's when I, they lift, I lift them up. But be around somebody who is at least heading in the same direction you are. You cannot get spiritual advice from someone who's thinking only worldly. And who knows? Maybe Daniel was the strong one in this situation, but he helped those three Hebrew boys because we find out later in the book they spoke up very well. They spoke up when they were standing before the king getting ready to be thrown into the fire furnace, and they had the, they had the strength then. Whether they had it before, we're not sure, but we know right now they said, Hey, king, I don't care what you do to us. We still won't bow. And even if God do not deliver us, we still believe he's able. They had grew in the Lord. And even if they didn't know it in Daniel chapter 1, they knew it later. Get you some friends that's going to help build you up. Help strengthen you in the Lord. Keep you accountable. Call you to the carpet. You don't need yes men and yes women around you all the time. That no matter what you do, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, sure, I would. What does the word say? You need some people that are going to ground you back to what God wants from you. You need some people who are going to pull you back in when you don't went out too far. First Corinthians 15.33 said, Do not be deceived. Bad company corrupts good character. So no matter how much you're trying to do here, if you're hanging around the wrong people, it's going to rub off. I mean, I don't, you know, I don't know the scientific, how it works, but if you hang around somebody who's cussing like a sailor, guess what? Words going to start slipping out of your mouth. You know what I'm saying? If you hang around somebody who always gossiping, next, next thing you know, you got the tea. You know? Five, have confidence in what the Lord can do. And I understand even in your youth, you may not have enough experiences. Yet look what he did for mama. Look what he did for grandmama and daddy and granddaddy. Look what he did for pastor and minister Brandon, minister Benita, minister Gaiman. They share their stories all the time. Maybe you say, I don't have enough. But look what God can do. And if he can do it for them, he can do it for you. He studied. I just believe Daniel, Daniel was a young man. He studied till he believed it. 
He studied until he believed it. And you know, sometimes we do have small victories, but we take it as a coincidence. But you know, when you get that test canceled, because you ain't really studying, that test got canceled, you know what I used to say? Thank you, Lord. You know, or that teacher who never grades on a curve, for some reason, this test, they want to grade on a curve, Lord, you're able. You know, or that teacher that says, you know what, it was due today, but I'm going to give y'all an extra week to work. Oh, hallelujah. You talking about somebody shouting? All right. That ain't enough for y'all to shout about. When y'all go to the bursar's office and they say, well, we thought it was this many thousand. It really just this many thousand. Oh, I'll take that. It was God's grace and mercy following you. It wasn't a coincidence. The Lord tells us to try him and see won't he. You know why he can do that? Because he's able. He can stand behind anything he say he can do. Number six, if you glow in the dark, you can help someone else. Because they look, the Bible says that Daniel and his three friends, they, they tested him for 10 days. He said because they, after those 10 days, that he looked 10 times better than any of the others. They were wiser than any of the other people. They were more versed than anything else. The glow up was real, y'all. It was real. The great transformation that y'all talk about, you know, y'all me on y'all taking those selfies, the glow up, because y'all done came through something that day, the glow up. They had the glow up. They did what they were supposed to do, and the Lord blessed them for it. And not only that, I know some people probably weren't happy, but it said after that, all of them had to eat them vegetables and water. But you know what? It was for their good. They ain't them doing what they were supposed to help them do what they were supposed to, even though they didn't volunteer to do what they were supposed to. Ain't God got a way of directing us into his righteousness for his name's sake, even when we don't want to be directed into his path for his righteousness for his name's sake? I'm done. I got one more thing. And I got my partiums that's going to help me with this. And then I'm out. Because I looked at the word glow. And the word glow sometimes means it says may not be flaming or formal, but it has an effect. To burn without a flame. Glow stick glows in the dark, but it glows brighter after it has been broken. Come on, I get my partins to help me. I want all my young people to have a glow stick. We're going to do something real quick. Because I want to challenge you to glow in the dark. In your schools, in your neighborhoods, maybe on your sports team. And when you see this, I want you to always be remembered that God is choosing me to stand out. That even in this dark world, he wants me to be different. And one thing I learned about a glow stick, I was looking at the instructions. And on the instruction says to activate, it has to be bend, you snap it, then you shake it. So some of you may feel like you have had some unfair things happen to you. Maybe you say, well, I want to glow, but you just don't know my story. You don't know how I've been broken, even at a young age. 
Well, I want to tell you, you're in good company. First of all, there are many believers among you that can say, hey, I've been gracefully broken. I was broken so it can put me on my right path. It was broken. I was broken so I can see the Lord high and lift it up. I was broken so that I can be a witness for him. And some of you are already breaking, and I'm, I'm glad you're doing that. But there was one who definitely got dealt an unfair hand. And he actually chose that hand. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. And by his stripes, we are healed. It says the chastisement of our peace was upon him. And you know, when I was reading in Matthew 27, it says, During the crucifixion, our Savior hung there on the cross. And it says, Between the sixth and the ninth hour, it grew dark. It grew dark all over the world. And even at the end of that hour, it says that an earthquake came and dead bodies rose and all kind of miraculous things happened. And there was a Roman soldier that said, not, not a Jew now, not church people, it was, it was one out there in the world, that said, truly, this must be the Son of God. And back home, they used to say, the sun refused to shine. And the moon dripped away in blood. I, I couldn't find that. But I started thinking about the fact that it was dark. Some scientists say it was a lunar eclipse, Pastor. Some people said it was a solar. They don't, they don't know. They're still trying to figure it out. But the point is, it grew dark. But even in that darkest hour, our Lord, our Savior, he glowed in the dark until the point that a Roman soldier knew who he was. And it didn't stop there because on the third day, he rose with all power in his hand. And if you can remember, the guard said that it was like a flash of lightning that came through the sky. He still continued to glow in the dark. My young people, if you have your glow stick, I want you to hold it up. I want you, some of you have already done it. You bend it till it snap. Then you shake it. To make it glow. And for some of my little, little ones, you might have to have some help. That lets me know that adults, we have to help our young people glow in the dark. They don't come here knowing how to glow in the dark. They need our help. Wave your, wave your glow sticks high. Because I want you to be proud to stand out. Now, it's dark in here, and maybe you said, this is not a, a, a flashlight, but see how much light you're still bringing, even in the darkness? You can shine right now, even at your age, at 5, 7, 10, 15, 21. You are created to glow in this dark world. Dare to be different. We used to say that in Agape all the time. Dare to be different. Dare to be different. Do what is not normal. 
Do what Christ has called you to do. And if you don't know what that is, go to your mother. Go to your dad. Find an adult that will help you to glow, even in the dark. Amen. Stand to your feet. And I want all my young people to come up first and bring your glow sticks with you. Because we're going to do it again, Brother Jeff. All my young people. I want to pray for all my young people. I want my college students to come too. Let the little, the smallest ones come first. But I want my college students to come. Because y'all know I have a heart and a passion that when they leave that home, that they will continue to hold up the bloodstained banner. I remember doing research and we was talking to a youth pastor and they was talking about the fact that, the fact that most children accept Christ at this young age if they stray away most time it's between 18 to 25 that's what researchers say so it's always been my passion if the youth pastor snag them I'm going to try to bag them I don't want them to be part of the statistics I want them, as the Marines said, to be the few and the proud. I want them to be able to do everything Leah said in her letter. To not grow weary. Because it is it's it's easier when you first leave. Then you have a little time. Then you have too many papers. And you have too many finals. Jesus can wait. The next thing we know, we wake up and say, How did we get here? How did I get here? I want some of my adults to come parents, grandparents, youth workers, because you're helping them to glow. If you teach a young person, if you have a young person, I want you to come because you're their support system. You're their support system. You know, our tribe, village, we're it. We're the village. And a lot of times we criticize them because their glow stick is not glowing. But have we helped them to bend in worship to the Lord? Have we snapped them back from making bad decisions? Have we shooken them up to their own fire for the Lord? Or do we say, church is an option. You might make it. No, it was a priority in my house too, Leah. And just as serious I took band, I took choir rehearsal. I was at every band rehearsal, every student this and student that, but I was also at Sunday school and Bible study. It was, it was a part of my life. And, and at the time, I'll be honest with you, there were some days I didn't want to go, but I knew better not to say it. And I kept going 
until it became a part of me. Young people, hold up your glow sticks. You're going back to school in the morning. Some of you will be driving back this afternoon. And I want you to always be reminded that I'm called to be different. That even in my classroom, I'm a glow. When I walk down the hall, I will glow. I will be on time for class. I will be on time for class. I'll try my best to do my work. I'm not going to be sitting there gossiping while the teacher is trying to teach me. I'm going to get my homework. I'm not going to lie about projects that I know are due and tell my mama I ain't got nothing else to do and then make her stay up with me all night the day before it's due. Oh, I've been there. And then scared, fear and trembling. I got to turn this in in the morning and it's 7 o'clock the night before. I won't be gossiping. Not going to be fighting. Not going to give in to peer pressure. Not going to lie because everybody else is lying. But I'm going to dare to be different. The Bible said, do it as unto the Lord. And because I'm being different, the Lord will bless me differently. Those men were 10 times better because they did not give in. Don't give in, young people. I know it's hard. I feel you. But don't give in. Because when they're handing out certificates, I want to see your name. When they're, handing, when they're doing the newspaper, I want to see your faces. When they're saying this scholarship and that scholarship, I want them to call your name. When they're saying we, we, we honor this person for graduating this, I want to see you. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord. We thank you for your precious young people, oh God. You have given them to us, oh God. And God, we want to do right by them and do right by you. And part of us doing right by them is making sure that we're instructing them in your ways, God. That we're excited about worship, that they may be excited about worship. That we get excited about your word, that they'll be excited about your word. God, that we get excited about prayer, that they'll be excited, that they'll make it a priority in their lives. God, they, they do what they see. We can say all we want. Do this, do this, do this. But they're going to do what they see. You know, sometimes we even think it as a joke when I hear my boys mimicking me. And I laugh for a while because they pretty much got me down past. But then I start thinking, God, thank you that they listening to me enough. That they can repeat what I'm saying. Help me to stay steadfast and unmovable. Help me to stay steadfast and I'm moving. And when they see me, they'll see you. 
And they don't want to hold up the blood saying better for you too. When they see mommy not giving in to peer pressure, they won't give in. God loves you. And he wants to use you. You've all been given gifts and talents beyond what I even know. Father, bless your young people this day. Cover them. Protect them from the evil one. God, we know he does not fight fair, but that's fine because you've already given us the victory. And the battle does not belong to us. It belongs to you anyway. So, God, we're asking you. You do your good work in them, oh God. You cover them. You protect them. You guide them, God. Allow the anointing to flow from us to them, oh God. And God, where we error, help us to get our act together so the anointing can flow freely from us to them, oh God. And God, we pray that even at a young age, that they will begin to understand who you are and who you are to them. If it's nothing but Jesus loves me, this I know for the Bible tells me so let them know that in their heart let them believe that in their mind let them grasp that in their spirit that no matter what life throw at them that you love them oh God and that you have something for them God help them to want to know more about you help them to want to praise you and worship you help them to want to honor you and bless you oh God God we thank you for them God we thank you that you've kept them this far oh God there are some people's they can't they didn't make it this far but we thank you that you kept them this far oh god god we're just waiting in expectancy of what you're gonna do through them because we know that this world is growing more wicked and more wiser god but you are raising up a generation you have a remnant that will worship you you have a remnant that will honor you and that will work for you and i believe that remnant is in new piney grove oh god i believe that we got some young people no matter what it looks like no matter what it sounds like no matter what it feels like but we got some young people that are going to be able to say for god i live and for god i die hallelujah oh god father we thank you and we bless you bless these parents grandparents and teachers continue to strengthen them that they do not grow weary in well-doing for they'll reap a harvest if they faint not it's in jesus matchless name we do pray and give thanks amen if you're at the altar thanks for listening we pray that you have been blessed by the message visit us on the web at npgbc.org for contact information service times or directions to our place of worship